In the middle of 2019, Netflix launched a show called Blown Away, which is a competition show for glass artists. The promos looked terrific, and I think Adrian and I were hooked from pretty much the first episode. We binge-watched the whole season, and it quickly became sort of our go-to recommendation for our Netflix-watching friends. I even reached out to Alex Rosenberg, one of the contestants on the show, who I sat down with for an episode of Process Driven. I'll put a link to that conversation in the show notes. So fast forward to the beginning of this year, when Netflix finally released season two of Blown Away, and for the next 10 episodes, Adrian and I were right back in the hot shop with a new group of artists. And just like with season one, I knew I wanted to talk to one of the contestants, and I knew exactly who I wanted it to be. Both Adrian and I were fans of Elliot Walker straight away. There was just something about his demeanor in the shop, and we both loved what he made on the show. I really resonated with his approach to the materials and his sense of humor that he brought to the pieces he was making. I also really connected with how he spoke about his partner, Bethany, who's not only his girlfriend, but also his assistant, his muse, and the curator of their gallery, Blowfish Glass. And just so you know, this conversation does contain spoilers. So if you haven't seen season two, consider yourself warned. I'm Jeffrey Sidoris. I'm talking to Elliot Walker and Bethany Wood, and this is Process Driven. Please listen carefully. One of the things that, that I am so excited about in doing this sort of first one for you guys is we get to, if you're comfortable, we get to talk about your origin story and both your origin stories in terms of, of glass and each other. So I guess if you don't mind, can we start with, let's start with glass. Was there another medium that was sort of a gateway medium to glass or have you each always been really focused on, on working in glass? Um, why don't you, because I don't actually know if you worked with anything before. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, well, um, I never knew what I wanted to do. I knew that I was uh, always going to be an artist. I, I was trying to be a dancer, but I wasn't, I was sort of, everybody always used to tell me, no, stick to, stick to drawing, stick to painting. So I pursued uh, that. And yeah, I went to a university which is a bit of everything. So it was called Design Crafts, and I worked with metal, wood, uh, ceramics, and there was a glass blowing workshop there, and which I, I didn't know about. I didn't go to that university specifically for that. And then as soon as I saw it, that that was it. It was uh, it was quick. Yeah. Glass making is quite quick. You can. It's see, for the impatient, really. It is for the yeah. impatient. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like. I mean, not quick in regards to picking it up because it's quite difficult and technical. But in regards to if you want in a finished piece and. In like one sitting, in, yeah. In one sitting, I think that's yeah. the thing that appeals to to most of us, really. I mean, a lot of our university courses are ridiculous blends of literally everything. You know, the gone are the days when there's like a, a specific material based course that you can go and do, mm-hmm. you know, and it's good in a way because people going in get to pick. Exactly. They get to do everything, yeah. really, I mean, you know. Who knows what they want to do if yeah. they haven't tried it. So that's why I think it's good that they Yeah. Yeah. So they are very like blended. Um, and then you just stumble into it, I think. I mean, for me, I again, like I was 
sort of painting and drawing and all that but I was more into like the sciences so when I did my first degree it was in something completely different and then I picked up glass um, in flat form like stained glass and leading and cutting and enameling first before I went into the the furnace side of it but I didn't want to do hot glass like Beth saying she saw the hot glass and got into it straight fire. away yeah fire <laughs> craziness madness I was the opposite I'm like I didn't want to have anything to do with it the first time I saw it. <laughs> Why do you think it is? Was it a technical limitation or was it you didn't appreciate the aesthetics at the time? What was I mean, it that I, kind of kept you away? It was it was more the process, you know. Mm-hmm. The process is still the bit that I find the, you know, if there was another way around it, I would be on it like a shot. The process for me is just, it's so risky and it's so, like, it can be, like, so chaotic. It, it doesn't appeal to me in my, like, base nature right but the the finished the finished article you know there's no other way of getting it like that you know there's no other way you can actually achieve what you can achieve in glass other than the furnace work of it but I was I was interested in like lost wax sculpture things with longer processes but then as it turned out uh they just didn't suit me really those long processes I didn't have the patience for them right yeah, and I, I understand what you're saying about sort of the. I, I got very anxious when when I when and I think I told you this last time we talked when I was watching you uh, without any gloves sawing a, a a glass avocado in half, going, oh, oh yeah, my god, yeah. this could go so wrong so easily. <laughs> I was so satisfied opening the fruits, isn't it? Yeah, it's satisfying. That I really enjoy that bit. But I mean, the thing is, it's like when people have said about watching the the show and then you know being on the edge of their seats i mean you know you imagine it feels like that every day right you know? so it does get quite like uh yeah it wears on you like if you do it for too long <laughs> no, I, I love the adrenaline of it especially yeah. when it's when we're making like extra large work that's my favorite stuff to do yeah and it's nice to have someone in the studio who's egging you on to do that go bigger don't stop now yeah 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 yeah. Are you still consciously thinking about Jesus? What if this falls off the end of the punty, or what if I tap the door coming out of the front? Like, are you still thinking about those things, or always? Can you really, really? Yeah, you never. You, I mean, it doesn't matter how. I, well, I mean, you know, I don't think it matters how long you've been doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're making the same thing day in day out, obviously you get like in a comfort zone physically and mentally with it but because we're changing what we're doing all of the time we're always working in a different um, process a different style we're working with solid glass we're working with blown glass thin heavy you know it's always changing so you never actually we never achieve that comfort zone it's quite a small space as well so as soon as you tap the back of the eye and the piece goes flying oh yeah you're Mm. always worrying about it and it's always bloody happening (laughs) (laughs) And there's no going back. I mean, you, from what we saw on the show, right? It's just, that's it. You have to start again. Surprising how glass, hot glass does bounce. Yeah, really. It does, it does bounce. Yeah. And because it's like, you know, when it's on the, when it's on the iron, it's still moving, you know, it's still like a living thing and you can, you can heal it to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I was, and I, I, told Alex this, I I was surprised in watching season one, I had no idea how physical working with glasses and and how much physical work in terms of of pulling, stretching, swinging, uh, just the effort that that goes into making these pieces. And I think 
uh, I would imagine anyway, that a lot of people are kind of shocked at that if they're coming in unfamiliar with the process. Is that your experience? Yeah, I think like the the intensity of the of the labor, you know, um, I, it, it's it is extreme, and the fact that you can't you can't take a break when you're making something. I think in a lot of ways that's why um, it's taking such a long time for the material to be really used as um, like a proper art material, a proper sculpture material, because. You don't have that reflective time, you know, that that all artists need when you're working on something. You know? Right. Um, you're you're creating pieces often in minutes. Yeah, minutes, few hours. You know, I mean, I, the, I think the longest we've spent on something is probably about. I mean, I've spent seven hours on a piece in a team of three. Wow. Then with that one with James. That oh, big, the, the, the big tom. Yeah. Oh yeah, you were, yeah that one. I mean, that was about six hours, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, and it's you, six hours in one go in the shop. Yeah, constant, wow. constant wow. work. And obviously, when you're doing something that um, lengthy, it's usually because of the scale. You know, as soon as you scale up slightly with with hot glass, every little process, every little move you make to to create it, it just takes three times the amount of time because you have to spend longer heating. So you're standing in front of the furnace for longer. You you know, it takes much longer to cool it down before you put it away so it doesn't slump so everything just extends in time so mm. something which you could make like at half the scale would take a like a, a quarter of the time and as soon as you push it up that little bit of scale it just it just drags and drags and drags and mentally and physically yeah you really have to sort of commit to the whole thing wow. unless it's like for example the lobsters because you you can sort of you can make the claws first put them away yeah there are other yeah there are it depends what you're doing really but I mean we make these um for some of my still life work we make these full-size uh lobsters with the with the legs and the claws and everything's made in components so we spend the day creating all of the little legs and and the top side the top half of it and then the tail and that's all kept in stasis and then you put it all together right at the last minute and that's when the risk goes up yeah. wow. you're adding wow. all of these different elements and you know the first few just ended up on the floor the and that's, is, like, yeah. that's like six hours of work just gone like that because they don't bounce either <laughs> yeah lobsters don't bounce right, right, right. Lobsters don't bounce, no. we went we went instead yeah we? yeah that was one of the things another thing about the show that i i really wanted to see was the assembly process between the annealer and and showing the work mm. uh, because it, it is kind of mysterious you 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 end the day or end the segment of the show putting individual components into the annealer and then the next shot it's well here we are showing our work and yeah. i want to see that assembly process i want to see those those pieces that spine come together or or you know the, the 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 pieces that have to work as one but you obviously made them as separate components yeah, I mean, for for me personally, I, when we were introduced to the the cold processing area um, and told how little time we'd have in there, um, my focus really was on trying to make as much of the work in the hot shop as I could. So, right. make, like you know, you there were there were so many things that I could have done. Um, uh like almost better if i'd have done them as a cold process you know with like uh, cold connections or gluing or something like that um but because we had so little time in the cold shop we literally had just enough time to flatten off 
all of the sharp bits and make them stand and make them balance, do a little bit of uh, bonding, a bit of gluing, and then they had to be out on the plinth. And, you know, actually putting the piece out there and deciding what goes into the piece and what gets edited out, that takes time in itself, you know, so that's all part of this stopwatch uh, mentality that they had for it. You know, cold, cold working glass, that requires, you know, that's where you can actually step back and have a think about how you want to do it and get your angles right and everything like that. But on the show, we li- we didn't have that luxury at all. You know, it was very much a slapdash sort of thing because that, that's not where their focus was. You know, they, right. they, they really, you know, they weren't interested in that side of it at all. Right, that's right, right. Really make it. Flames make for better television. I think so. Yeah, but I mean, it's so much more dangerous in the cold shop as well. <laughs> so that's where they would have got the biggest accidents. I think. <laughs> and were you made aware of any of the challenges going in, or when when we see you react on the show, is that the first time you're hearing this is what your assignment is, or this is what the brief is? Yeah, we. You know, uh, most there's there's a bit of um, you know TV magic or whatever, but sure. Uh, <laughs> but when we're actually given the challenge that's when we're given the challenge but there is like a bit of leeway when it comes to design time because you know 15 minutes to conceptualize that work just wouldn't have happened you know you need right. to really plan out how you're going to um, do it right um, and it seemed it seemed just the opposite it seemed like you know you're on the floor for a few minutes with a piece of chalk and then you're, and at, you're, the, you're at the other yeah yeah well that's tv i guess you know yeah (laughs) yeah but i mean we weren't we weren't prepped we were given like an evening to actually um you know figure out what we were going to do because they wanted the best work we could produce you know right um but but we literally just had yeah we we got to sleep on it and then it was straight in there it just seemed like an enormous amount of work compressed into a very short period of time yeah, it really was, you yeah. know, there's no, there's, you know, there's no getting away from that. It, it's, it's, it's not the way that you really work. <laughs> you know? Right, 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 right. Again, TV magic. Yeah, it's a good way of pushing people that were briefed. It was, I thought it was brilliant brief. Yeah, yeah. Actually having that framework yeah. to, to, you know, having those constraints on what you actually um, were required to do and trying to fit the brief. Yeah, that was something really interesting because we, we don't do that normally, you know. Um, neither of us are sort of commission-based artists, really, you know. Um, right. We just work out of our own heads. So, yeah, it means people can push boundaries that they would never have pushed before. Yeah, or like think about things that they wouldn't have yeah, thought about. Yeah, yeah, exactly, which can inspire new work, which... It, you know. I suppose it has. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's definitely like it's definitely moved um, some of my work into new areas. Yeah. yeah. How do your work styles either compete or complement one another in terms of working in the shop together? Because you are, from what I understood from last time we spoke, you're side by side in the shop often, right? Uh, pretty much every day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, neither of us really work with anyone else. I mean, I used to work in another studio in London with another team and Beth has been, Beth works all over the place. But for the past like two or three years, it's just been me and you, hasn't mm. it? Like- <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we met through, through Glass. We met at a Glass Festival. Were you aware of one another's work at the time or no? Uh, well, I wasn't really making work then. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were like I a was, student, I just, Yeah, I was a student and I'd just uh, graduated. So... Yeah, Elliot was like a superstar to me. So nice. I, I avoided him. Yeah. <laughs> really? 
I can't possibly talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's such a small scene. You end up meeting everyone in yeah. the end, so, yeah. And Elliot needed an assistant, and... You no, asked... you needed an assistant. First, oh yeah, didn't you? yeah. I did actually. So there was um this this art festival. There was like demonstration slots all through the day. Um, I'd been there maybe three times with a friend of mine doing the demonstrations. So it's like in this big tent, and they give like the students or the assistants or something like the 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 morning slot. Oh yeah, yeah, like the early morning slot. Right, 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 right. Four people in the audience because nobody's awakened yet. (laughs) They were, they were, they were pretty good though, weren't they? The morning slots, but it's the one that everyone else has got a hangover for. So right. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, Beth didn't have anyone to help her at one point, and so she, I got, yeah, I got dragged up. Wait, so how how did you now? Okay, Beth, he's a rock star according to you, right? liked him so yeah. <laughs> pushing me towards him. Yeah. <laughs> and and did it click straight away i mean both both working and otherwise did it click straight away or, or was there a was there a kind of an incubation period well i think other people saw us before we saw rose yeah isn't that the way it is mm. yeah. yeah my wife knew way before i did i'm a complete idiot with stuff <laughs> yeah, like that like best nan knew before oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we were working together, you know, for for a few years after that, um, off and on. And like Beth became my sort of go-to assistant because there aren't that many people doing it in the UK. And so if you find someone who you work well with and you're comfortable with, because it's like, you know, it's such an intense sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You have to have like a good rapport. You have to have like a similar work ethic. And so if you can find someone like that, you know, I that that's the person you want to work with. And so it's sure. like, strictly professional um but obviously there's a lot of social side to this as well you know because it is such a small scene you all meet up and hang out and stuff so yeah things were developing that way weren't they really Uh uh-huh yeah and is is there is there your work and beth's work or is there just the work between the two of you and and it, it it's a blend of of the both of you and and has it changed i think there's definitely my work and your work isn't there and you would say that you know you you have to know you you sort of fight for your individuality i I definitely fight for my individuality but we definitely work together on like on your well it's changing a lot now to be honest it's changing a lot now because beth has become this whole of a creature now (laughs) (laughs) wow now that you well now now elliot i don't know that creature is the word you want to use here (laughs) but like turning from like the you know the independent artist the designer and then suddenly becoming like uh, you know Beth's like a gallery owner now maybe not physical but it's an online platform that is sure doing everything you know and when you sort of got that idea in the first place you started really sort of understanding what people would want to see you know and you weren't like a dictator about it but like Beth has had a a few ideas of how I can develop certain parts of my work and certain parts of my style and hasn't been shy about like saying this is what we should do and every idea you've come up with it in that respect has been like such a goer straight away so yeah I guess I can now commission you for stuff for the gallery and I can be more involved in the the ideas as well as the 
helping. Yeah, but you've always had like amazing ideas constantly, you know, and yeah, so we're, we're never short of ideas between us. And I think, you know, we, we help each other with, with, um, you know, how, because sometimes you need an extra pair of eyes on what you're doing. Sure. Yeah, and sure. Because we're such like, you know, such a closed group, people don't really do that for each other, you know, and neither of us have got like uh, anyone who will openly critique what we're doing other than each other, really. You know? mm-hmm. So I think we, we definitely do that. We did we? we did a collaboration once, didn't we? Yeah, we've collaborated before, yeah. yeah. But then I found that because Elliot's name was more well-known than mine, a lot of people was just addressing it to be his work. So I said, you never hated that, yeah. I'm never doing a collaboration again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but although I think that I'll, I'll, we might try again. I think we should so yeah. at some point, yeah. Beth, do you enjoy the curation part of it as much as the making part does that scratch kind of a different creative itch but still really satisfying it sounds like it is um i absolutely love getting in the bench and doing my work i get to do it about once a month because mm-hmm. uh, obviously assisting elliot as much as i love it it's not me being creative it's not me expressing myself sure so yeah, doing my own work and working on my color schemes is like a, a, a real release for me, and, and it's yeah. It's, but then the the like the being the boss and being the gallery being side the and everything like that, <laughs> well, you know. You... Yeah, what happened was like basically me being Elliot's assistant. It would mean if he was going to go off to go do something, I'd be out of work. So I had to find a way of being able to take care of myself, and that's why I set up the website, which was originally for courses. And then it, mm. it, it developed from there, didn't it? Because I needed to be, yeah, I, I couldn't just depend on your wage. Because if Elliot's paying me, if anything happens, we're both screwed, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, so I've set up this on my own. and It's your thing. Well, yeah. it's, it's, well, well we're, we're, it's our, our thing, isn't yeah. it? But, yeah, it's just developed over time as well, very quickly. Yeah, not very long at all. No. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's, it seems to be ramping up pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is, is fantastic. How does the increased notoriety change your approach? Are you more concerned about getting more pieces out? Are you saying, look, they get out when they get out and, and there's a waiting <laughs> list? Or what, like, how do you? Well, we've learned a lot of lessons, actually, from, re- from releasing the milk, the spilt milk and the... Yeah, we released two. We released two limited editions from the the show work. We the spilt milk piece is such a terrific yeah, piece. That, yeah, that was my favorite. That really was, you know. Um, and so we'd made one of each version. You know, we did two iterations, and we made one of each, and then thought, well, we'll you know we'll keep these special and we'll limit them to eight, and then uh really wasn't expecting them all to go so quickly and so we've learned now that you literally do have to make every single edition before you even launch it (laughs) (laughs) because otherwise you've got like a few months you're playing catch up for a few months yeah and it's the stress of that to be honest because you know i like until now you know i've i've made a piece and then i've sent it out to a gallery and then you wait for it to sell and that's like been my way of doing it it's the normal way of doing it. it's sort of really quite comfortable whereas when you're making something which someone's already bought it, it changes the mentality of it 
um, quite a bit, you know, not in a negative way, because obviously it's it's really great that that someone has, has connected with the work, but it just changes how you feel about about the process as well. You know, it's like you don't lose the excitement, but there's something different about it. You know, I don't know what it is. It's really hard to explain because it's something that's only just really happened. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, you, you you're still processing what it all means, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. And I'm already getting like massive, massive itchy feet to start like this completely random experimental work that I want to sort of pursue in the next but couple of years, but I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to do that. <laughs> you got to talk to the boss, man. The objects, though, are so great. Like just the, the corn, the corn on the cob is a fantastic piece. I love you know, oh, it's so it it's. It doesn't even look like glass. It looks like you've managed to catch a snapshot of liquid. Well, of course, I guess that's what glass is, right? That is it's sort of what it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I retract that. <laughs> no, no, stick with it. It's great. Yeah. I mean, it's but great it's that comes across as well, really, because you know you don't want these these things to to sort of feel static. You know, you need right. to have that that life in them because it's it, it's quite a hard thing to to do actually because it's such a de- you know it's a real it's a really dead material once it is cold mm-hmm. you know, it's not like um clay or wood where it still sort of retains that that life and that sort of um that feeling about it you know glass is is is, is so sort of uh, industrial and cruel you know it's great that someone sees the the life and the liquid nature of the material when you're looking at the piece right and i i, I would say the same thing about the lobsters as well like it, it's almost as if we are we're, we're, we're seeing a snapshot of them in motion. You can, you can almost imagine them sort of moving through their liquid nature. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's just the, the fact that you're using clear and don't feel the need to color everything to, to what is quote unquote real or, or what would be, you know, true to the object. Yeah. Oh man, what a terrific choice. And it, and it just, it, 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 it feels more unique to the two of you than, than just another piece of glass, if that makes sense. Yeah, it magnifies, doesn't it? And it and you've called it bleach. Yeah, I mean th- those pieces are like quite new as well, you know. And it's like I was I was sort of working my way into them a little bit, you know. There's been I think I did the three for the the solo show that I just had, and then before that I did two really sort of large scale um, still life pieces with with that idea in mind, you know, keeping it, yeah keeping it very sort of minimal mm-hmm. um, but that that obviously the complexity is in the forms as well so yeah are you seeing cuz you mentioned that that glass is such a small scene and and I know Alex mentioned the same thing in here in the states are you seeing an effect overall that that shows like blown away are having is it is it sort of a rising tide lifts all boats like are all of the glass artists experiencing kind of upswings in interest because of these well, shows it's a little bit Diff- different at the minute because everywhere is everywhere's shut you know all mm. the galleries are shut people are doing mm-hmm. like a lot of online stuff but you know not many people here are really being able to produce you know because their their studios are closed or their outlets are closed so they're sort of ramping down a little bit on what they're making um it's obviously going to be a great thing for everyone you know but i think in the uk it's a little bit different because our scene 
and like people's appreciation of it isn't the same as it is in what the states. What was the headline you read today? Oh yeah, like the, <laughs> yeah, every headline about the um, about the show and about me winning the show is always like the the surprising and unusual uh, success of Netflix yeah. blown away, and then they always say afterwards it's sort of like Bake Off yeah. but for glass, and, and it's because, like because Bake Off is British. Yeah, Bake Off <laughs> is like the only. Right can compare it to yeah. you know right 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 i mean that's just that's just people making cakes you know it's like there's <laughs> nothing like it, it at all it, yeah they're on about the format you know the format yeah. is the same but people don't understand glass here they don't see it as they don't people a lot of people just don't don't get it you know that's they've never I mean. seen it other than like in a in a factory or as in mm. like you know something you buy off the shelf um, so it is. It's not seen necessarily as art as much as it is utility or purpose. All, really, hardly at all. I mean, really. Yeah, yeah. Luke Duran's sort. He's, he's. Yeah, he's doing noticed. really great. For yeah, it, yeah. The glass, there are certain artists who are who are using it, who um like uh use a studio in Wiltshire, which is run by a couple of friends of ours, and they are set up specifically to make work for people like whatever you want to make you go down there you tell james and katie what you want to make and they'll pull it out of the bag somehow you know they can do almost anything um and so there are a few artists who are using them and and sort of you know uh, experimenting in the medium and making some great work mm -hmm. but there is a difference between an established artist using glass and someone who is trained in the material who knows how to work it themselves and then presents their work as something other than uh, a crafted object you know what I mean it's like mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. almost like um like a set against people who are actually creating their own work in a single material like like glass it's not really accepted as like a, a mainstream thing to do really which is why I was so excited to come to America yeah because Definitely. it is more of a mainstream medium right. I mean I can every, imagine what it's going to be like yeah it's like we, we, literally... you're, saying, you're saying about Alex saying oh it's a small community there it's like they don't know what a small community <laughs> is, you know. <laughs> In the UK, it's like twelve people. <laughs> I guess maybe we're looking at it through rose-tinted glasses a little bit. Right. You know, I'm sure it's a struggle for everyone, but the the, the amount of people they have there, uh, you know, even the that's where all the kit is produced. You know, they can go and buy like a set of tools they need from a shop where you can walk in and buy it. We, we try and buy it online from one of our suppliers and they're like, oh, we haven't sold one of those in about 12 years, so we don't stock them anymore. <laughs> wow. 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 So but when yeah, you look right. at something, when you look at other people's work, and then this is, this is, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. <laughs> Both of you, actually. When does glass transcend, in your opinion, when does glass transcend from craft to art or is it is it is it not tangible but you know it when you see it i think yeah i mean it doesn't happen very often really um for one reason or another but you do know it when you see it and um it's, it's got concept well yeah and you you're seeing it more and more but you really have to look for it you know you do you do have to look for it and search for it um but yeah, I think if you can mass produce something, then it sort of takes it away from being glass art, doesn't it? it well, I don't know, because you use like the word glass art and it's like I don't really, you know, it's like I don't see the need for that uh, category. You know, glass art, is it 
glass art or is it art or is it art made of glass it's like it's all it's the same uh it's the same debate and the same argument again and again and again and i think you know to the individual artist it doesn't really matter the categories don't really matter as much as they do to other people do you know what i mean mm-hmm mm-hmm are there artists try and you know aim for a certain category like well i think you have to in a way because if you're gonna you know if you're gonna present yourself as something mm -hmm. then you you do you know people need to know what you're about and you're wanting to push the boundaries into fine art well i guess but it's like i if someone asks me what i do it's like i'm a sculptor yeah you know because that's what i do day in day out so i don't think class... oh i'm a glass artist but i do have to use that category because Otherwise, people don't know what you're doing. You mm -hmm. They need to put they need to put you in the right box, box almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. what we do as as humans, really. You know, we put everyone in a box. Everyone <laughs> sure. has a box. <laughs> you know, you either own your box or you find a new one to live in. You know. So was was there a specific moment for each of you when you made a piece and stood back and looked at it and went, "Yep, that's art." I I I I'm on to something here. I'm 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 I've transcended something, and this is something new. Well, well you should. <laughs> Elliot hates it when I'm making the hot shot because <laughs> everything I'm doing, I'm doing like I'm like, oh my god, look at that, look at that, that's gone so well. Yeah, Beth loves <laughs> her own work. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't love my work. I'm just so happy <laughs> that when it's going right. And Elliot's like, <laughs> by the end of the day, it's like, oh, no, shush. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas you always hate all your own work, but you actually really liked your strawberry, didn't you? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I sort of feel like each time I do something new, I feel like I've got a little bit closer to what I actually want to be doing. But then by the time I've done it, you know, I've always, I, I, I've already like, I can already see the flaws, you know, not in the making or anything, but it's like I'm working towards something and I'm mm -hmm. always working towards something. Um, we could do both get attached to our own, like, particular pieces. Yeah, you get emotionally so attached to particular like, yeah, pieces. Yeah, because I saw one of your pieces recently and you was really annoyed because you didn't want to let it go. Yeah, yeah. But I guess that... You, you didn't want to sell it. No, well, well you know, I, I agreed to because I didn't think it would, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so elliot what's the lesson here <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't show Beth your favorite pieces yeah, <laughs> yeah. just hide Any everything yeah. when, you, when you're looking at at your work each of you do you see the technical flaws first or do you see the aesthetic or the artistic flaws what what sticks out more for you I think like artistic flaws isn't quite the thing that I, that I sort of see personally. It's like I can see, I can see where I'm trying to go with something always, and mm -hmm. then, but there's you know there's a, there's there's so many different ways you can you can get like an idea across, and I think um, in terms of like conceptual art and con and to contemporary sculpture, there's 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 a weird boundary there where if you go too far into one area you know your aesthetic has to change massively you know if i wanted to become a conceptual artist but i still want to actually use the material to the best of my ability it doesn't really marry up very well you see what i mean mm -hmm. uh, because mm -hmm. you have to sacrifice you know i'd have to sacrifice concept in 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 terms of if i wanted to make something um with real sort of visual 
um, value, I'd have to either fit it into a concept like trying to get like a, a square peg in a round hole. Really, sure. You know, sure. There's, a, there's a there's a there's a difficulty always with with getting that balance, and that's what I'm learning. You know, that's why I'm always learning. And with no teacher, you sort of have to judge it yourself. And you know, the artist is always the harshest critic really mm -hmm. i don't know about you like well my work's not very technical um well so, it is you know well, <laughs> but not i mean it's more technical. it's more ex it, well it's, it's, it's effort it's yeah. like, it's it's uh it takes a lot a lot of time and, and preparing especially with the colors but it's more yeah it's more expressive expressive yeah so um yeah it um i sort of let the glass do what it wants to do it's not me controlling it it's it's sort of me letting the glass control itself. Mm. Is is there one type of work that seems to be more accepted within sort of uh, the realm of of glass based art? Is is the 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 more literal work more accepted, or is the more conceptual work more accepted? I think I don't know. It depends who you ask, really. I mean, you mm -hmm. know, have very very strong opinions on what i mean you know like chris on on blown away he was he was very opinionated about what people should be doing and how they should be presenting themselves and you know he was quite like open with that with me you right know? um and i think the thing that he didn't really appreciate is that like he's a, a tutor he's a he's a professor he's a teacher uh and so everyone can benefit from that over the years. You know, if you're taught, you need to be taught over years, you know, not just like in one sitting. I've never actually had someone to guide me through this sort of thing. So I'm learning off the cuff all of the time, you know, because I've had no one to teach me. I'd, I'd have loved a teacher like Chris, someone who had that sort of mindset and looking at um, the material in it, in the you know, in the in the field of, of the visual arts in general and, and in conceptual art and, you know, but I've never had that, so I'm trying to figure it out as I go along. And the only role models you really have, unless you're like working in that scene constantly, are the people you find on the internet. And so you end up like emulating um, not their style, but the way you present yourself and the things you you sort of aim for a little bit. You know. Sure. Do you, do you is there a feeling that because you didn't have somebody like Chris that that you're somehow at a disadvantage I mean it doesn't seem like that but is there is is there a thought process there that questions that I think there's a I think it, it I, I can see the disadvantages straight away I think can you yeah I can because I mean you know uh, people you know they see artists and stuff as, as like it's a vocation uh, but then why have our education facilities and you know universities teaching artists why do all the great artists come out of these institutions it's because you know it is a vocation in a way because it's something you you want to do it's it's a passion you want to follow but you need to be taught how to think and present yourself and actually work like an artist and work like the sort of artist you want to be it's like it doesn't just come naturally well, really no well yeah but technically it doesn't come naturally no i think mentally either i don't think i think you need to be taught in a lot of ways how to think all the different ways of of thinking about your work and thinking about the world and thinking about how you marry those two things up you know i think that anyway well a lot of your work's been inspired by psychology so that's what you was taught so that's what you yeah you have to draw on with. what you've got already mm -hmm. you know you do have to draw on what you've already got but you know there's it's definitely like um, 
people who have been taught, they know the not even like the lingo, but they know they can see what you're trying to do and if you're doing it well or not. Whereas other people might not be able to; they'll just accept what you're doing. I don't know if following the rules is the right. No, know, following because that's sort of following rules, isn't it? It's like I never turned up to my tutorials or sessions because my tutor would tell me what's right and wrong. Yeah. That's a bad teacher, though. I mean, I guess in some places they don't need to tick certain boxes, so mm -hmm. that may be why they tell you know, if it was right or wrong. I don't, I don't know. So I just never turned up and did my own thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think there's a value in the end, like, to being guided. Yeah. You know, you don't always have to agree with everything, and I think, you know, but even that, it's like, you know, not having a tutor is means you, you don't have anyone to argue with about, so you can't yeah. expand your yeah. your ideas and you can't expand your your way of thinking mm. without having someone to who has the opposite opinion who's going to argue with you about yeah. it. Right. You don't. You don't. You're not put into a position of having to defend your choices. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. You know, and I, you, you don't have to defend yourself if all you're doing is whatever you want to do and trying to make a living, you know, you can just get on with it, you know, but if you want to take that next step, it's, it's really tricky. But it sounds like you do that with each other. It's, it sounds like there's oh, a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think we're very lucky in that. Like, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I turn around to Elliot and be like, well, what about those grapes that you made? What do I say oh, yeah, about your grapes? Well, yeah. The worst things I've ever made. Yeah. And that's just because you don't, you, don't appreciate how great they are. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the fault is in the appreciation, not the execution. Of course. <laughs> no, but that is, that is true. You know, we do, we do definitely, we, we can do that now. You know, it's like I'll run an idea past Beth and instantly she rips it to shreds. No, and then, and then I slowly have to, I do, I have to defend it and I have to build it back up. And then maybe a few days later, I tell you it again. And I've got it in my head a bit better and I explain it a bit better. And you're like, oh, that's the best idea I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> so that Same idea as it was a week ago, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rip it to shreds. Yeah. I remember the first time I ripped some of his ideas to shreds. It took me ages to get over that. <laughs> that was the knife to the table, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought it was too conceptual. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you thought it was, you, you, the conceptual artist, thought it was too conceptual. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's too much of a jump though. It was, yeah. It's like, why don't you just like make some more fruit or something? You know, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I'm not always horrible, by the way. No, not, not always. <laughs> go go back a few minutes. Where does the psychology fit into it? Where where do you see that background informing or, or leading the work or does it? Um I think it will it will do you know it will do but it's 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 not like an obvious thing at the minute I've tried to do it a few times you know with with very specific pieces which haven't really got out and about or anything like that but um that's that's like you know it's it's a long-term thing and I'm always trying to think of the next step and figure out how because you know I I, I studied that for so long and I was so into it and I had such like, you know, a strong sense of it and a strong opinion about it um, that it needs to be in there somewhere. And I'm sure it will be. You know. But it's does it. Well, it sounds like maybe it's not it's not on a per piece level, but it's more looking at the total body of work. 
is, yeah, is I mean, that, seeing those things kind of creep in. Yeah, I think I think that's more the way it'll be, and until I sort of get it pinned down. Um, so does that mean you're going to go more conceptual towards Beth's side of the fence? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I sort of I try and do everything quite naturally, and one piece is a is a natural progression from from the previous work. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I can't, you can't just suddenly change everything. Um, you know, your whole your whole outlook on it because you know I have other things influencing my work all the time you know and I think to just drop everything and think right I'm going to turn I'm going to turn everything into like about like psychological concepts or something it just wouldn't it just wouldn't work because you have to go through that journey with yourself um, and with the work that you're making until you arrive at something um, that that feels that feels right and I'm getting closer you know every time I do a show or I make a new body of work, I'm getting, I'm getting closer and I'm quite excited about it all. You know, the next stage for me is always the stage. It's always the thing I'm really aiming for. And then I do it and then I go on to something else. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, right, that's done then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's, all, it's just fun, isn't it? You do it for yourself, really. Yeah. Rather than anybody else. I mean, it's, it's great that a lot of people are looking in now. So we've got yeah, that's it. been quite interesting as well. You know, it's like suddenly people are like looking at my work and I've had a few people writing stuff about it. And what what people see in what I'm doing isn't necessarily my, my intention. But I, I really like that. The fact that even though it is like representative art, people can see um, other levels and other layers in, in what I'm doing that maybe I didn't deliberately put there or consciously put there. You mm. know what I mean? It's like it's great to have other people's interpretation on what you're doing. Yeah. Um, especially when you know, I think most people who are who are creating work, you know, unless you're really good at it, it's a struggle to talk about what you're doing and sure. to lay it all out for people. Yeah, sure. And it, it, it's a bit revealing, and it's a little bit, you know, I see it as like unnecessary, really in a lot of ways it's like why do I need to like I hate when you go into an exhibition and you've got this enormous thing to read about this like this is man's complication with society yeah you know and it's great that that people you know some people need that to actually be able to appreciate what they're looking at but I think it's like unnecessary a lot of the times it just needs you in a way that maybe you 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 don't need to be led you know I think a title can say a title can say yeah a title can say a massive amount mm. massive amount. Well, there, there, there's a there's a danger in writing too much or presenting too much in in influencing a viewer or an audience to go oh yeah oh yeah now I see that oh yeah yeah that's what I see that's what I see mm. yeah but it stops them from yeah having their own interpretation doesn't right it? rather than. I don't know what I'm looking at here. Mm. I don't. I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know what this represents. I need to sit with this for a minute. Yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. The pa- paintings don't have big descriptions about them, do they? Well, Everybody has, do they? Sometimes. Sometimes. It depends what it is. Really. Yeah. I like being able to sit with a piece. Uh, I like being able to just. Not how ha- I mean, I, I will often when I go to a gallery or a museum, I won't look at the cards. I won't look at the descriptions straight away mm. because I want to I want to get that initial emotional hit, that initial either connection or lack of connection. And, and then I'll go in and, and read. But I, I want to yeah. 
I want to see if there's anything there for me between me and the piece first. Mm. Yeah. And it means that you're not tainted. Right. Well, right. you don't just see exactly what you've just read. Yeah, that is a good idea. I mean, there, there may be some, you know, going back to your lobsters, there may be something there that those mean to you. And for me, I see something completely different. But if you were to tell me what these represent or what these mean to you, that would undoubtedly alter my perception and my experience with that work. Mm. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, you, you sort of you're always encouraged to to do that as well. And it take it's like a brave step, I think, just to put something out and, and, don't, and not to do that for like mm-hmm. the artist's point of view, you know, because you are, you know, you're always encouraged to be writing stuff and and like before you do a show you have to like give the the theme and everything has to fit into the theme and you know it does help when they're presenting something to have that idea there already like on a plate for people um (laughs) and so you are encouraged to do it it's like what comes first the chicken or the egg the idea or the glass piece yeah Sometimes well, the idea comes afterwards. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. A lot of the time, that's the case. You know, you make something and then you realize what's going on with it, like after the whole yeah. thing has been done. You know, yeah, you might have subconscious. that subconscious. Really? So yeah. you have kind of an epiphany after the fact? Oh, yeah. That happens. That happens a lot. And it almost feels like like cheating or something like you're trying to. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not. It's just the way it is when you're so like engrossed in what you're doing and you're engrossed in the material and in the neck in, in what you know you're you're trying to make you know you might have that I often have like a little first glimmer of an idea and then the whole thing gets buried and you're just sucked up in actually how to make what you've what you're trying to make you know how you're physically going to do it and then after you've made it you then remember or bring back up those feelings and that idea from you know maybe like a few months ago and then it suddenly makes sense to you as a piece, you know. But a lot of the time you are, you do have to just practically figure out how the hell you're going to get this material to yeah. do this. Yeah. Right, right. And some artists name their pieces as untitled as well, don't they? Yeah. How do you feel about that? I've asked a number of artists about titling their work, and I have my own thoughts about it. How do you feel about Untitled 1, Untitled 72, Untitled 860? I guess they just want to make yeah they just want to express themselves and yeah delve into the process and everything doesn't have to necessarily have a meaning well i mean but but doesn't it like imply a meaning as well having something as untitled it doesn't mean this means nothing it means it means something you haven't quite well maybe that's what they want you to think yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) it's all a big ruse this ball of string (laughs) sitting in a spaghetti bowl and then it's untitled yeah. <laughs> I dropped it. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Not named any of the pieces. For people that have watched the show and that maybe are coming into this uh, conversation just on, on the back of the show, in, in terms of, of successful uh, pieces that we saw, do you, do you have a favorite? Was there, was there one brief or assignment that you got during the show that you went, oh my gosh, this, I'm going to kill this? I know I'm going to kill it and it either did happen or it went the other way. Well, I, yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of the briefs, uh, you just, you know, you just, you just have to sort of do it, you know, <laughs> you have to do it as best as you can. And there were definitely misses for me. 
Um, but the ones that I thought really worked was the spilt milk piece and right. the um, and the final the final installation. You know where we didn't have anything put on us and you could do what you really sort of needed to do. You know off your own. Back. I loved that piece. I loved it. I I don't know what it means. I don't know if I'll ever know what it means to me, but. It, just as a as a piece to view, I would love to walk into an entryway of my house and have something like that to just walk <laughs> yeah. by every day and go, oh, this is so great. I don't know why I love this, but I do love it. Mm. I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of the, the sort of rationale behind the works was very, very glazed over in the edit. Right. You know, they, they yeah, we really didn't get a lot from you about what uh, it was. It really wasn't. And I think a lot of that was to do with like the narrative that they were going for, you know, where, uh, you know, I I think it, it sort of started or really like found its place with the spilled milk thing because they wanted that piece to seem like very shallow and very offhand. And right. I said so much about that piece. I was dead excited about it. And uh, it was just sort of treated like, oh, well, just get over it, guys, you know. <laughs> Which I thought was really funny. And then at the end, they sort of suggested that, oh, yeah, I'm starting to think outside the box and doing something with a bit more depth or something. So, so what I, did it mean? Well, it, it was a, about a lot of things, really, that, that one. But, yeah. So there, uh, there was definitely like a sort of bias against... Um, putting across my um rationale be behind a lot of the work but those two were my were my favorites really yeah and you you would think that again as as something like glass is not a hugely familiar medium to audiences right i mean it's it's not uh as as an artistic uh material i would i wouldn't think that it's as ubiquitous as painting or or no, of course, you know no, something no. like that so doesn't it seem a little i don't know maybe short sight is not the word but it seems odd that they wouldn't allow you to provide some context to educate us as viewers of what's going on behind the scenes well the nice thing that's happened afterwards is a lot of people have got in touch with me and said how much they saw in in the work in in that piece and in the first piece that I did you know people have actually got in touch and and expressed like that they noticed that that wasn't put in you know mm. which is which is way more Im important to me that that people have felt the need to actually tell me that and it is great you know it's really supportive of of what I was trying to do and um you know it's it's nothing against the the production company you know they were doing what they needed to do to make the storyline and to be honest i think they had such a great mix of people yeah on this season you know they had people with all the different perspectives that you get you know they had people who were you know vessel makers who were proud of that and that's what they were doing they had people who were on the fence about it they had people like me who were you know sort of sculpting and they had Chris, who was doing his mad thing as well, so it's like I think they did. They did have, his mad thing. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, what is what was the thing that we talked about last time? The the French push. The oh yeah, the French yeah the French. Is that what is that what that's called? French pull. French pull. Sorry, French yeah. pull. Oh, that, was, that thing like, that was nuts. That's an industrial sheet glass making technique brought down into a studio scale to like cellophane wrap uh, a piece of iceberg for a 
for a, for a piece of sculpture. You know, it was a brilliant thing to do. It yeah, fantastic. it was nuts. It was one of my favorite pieces of, of the, the season. Oh, yeah, mine too. Mine too. And, and you know what else I really loved? And, and I don't know how it's been received for you. The candle. I love the candle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I thought it was fun. It is. It's really cool. I mean, what I like about it is you can, you can change. Yeah. Help, help me out, Beth. Back me up on this. <laughs> you can, everyone can have a flame, which is like, you know, it's personal to them. Mm. Like we were thinking about doing diachroic flames. Yeah, she's already, she's already got the, the next lot of them. Well, I was thinking, there, like, could, <laughs> so. yeah, I mean, we could do like courses where people could come and make their own candles. <laughs> so why did you like it? What was You it? know, I, th I think it reminded me, I was, I wanted to be an animator when I was a kid, like a Disney animator. Yeah. And it reminded me of something out of like a 1940s Disney film when 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 things weren't as realistic as they are now we didn't have CG we didn't have you know everything sort of lit perfectly and and modeled perfectly and rendered perfectly right. there was some character to it and and it felt whimsical in spite of a very sort of everybody was very serious about the competition and I love that you went nope I'm gonna do this and <laughs> it's gonna be fun and I'm doing my thing that's it. I'm going to do my thing and, and it's going to be fun. And I think that's what I connected to about it. It was, it just, it reminded me of a really fun period in my childhood when I thought everything was still possible. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. I think I, you know, I, I found a bit of my humor in some of the work, really, mm -hmm. something that I haven't done before, but I was, I was really enjoying the whole process, you know, so your mindset's in a different place than it is normally. Right. You're completely in something different. You know, the whole experience was so wildly stressful, but also like such great fun because I was hanging out with these people who I'd never met before, but I had so much in common with, you know, and just like messing around with them in, in, the, in the, the off camera time and everything. It was great. So I was really enjoying it as well. And I think that sort of came through quite a bit. Yeah, it's it it I think it came through. I mean, there wasn't there there wasn't a lot there didn't seem to be anyway. A lot of animosity between everyone. There there didn't there there was competition, but it felt like a healthy competition. It didn't feel like yeah. you know, people were helping one another and yeah. you know, making sure everybody was okay. And on some sometimes on on competitive shows or reality shows that's not what happens. You 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 kind of go the other way and i'm maybe that's one of the reasons to bring it back to the beginning that people compared it to bake-off everybody's so nice to one another on bake-off well, i haven't actually seen it <laughs> ever wait don't you get kicked out of the uk for not watching that i uh, would think wouldn't you yeah but I've paul hollywood comes to your door <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it you know it must have that sort of comforting you know, nice being in your nan's sort of kitchen feel to it. Right. I've never watched it. I've I've got no idea what happens on it. All I know is about soggy bottoms because I think that's just such a great phrase. <laughs> we are big fans of, of the Bake Off. Okay. <laughs> I want to pause here for just a moment to say, if you haven't seen the second season of Blown Away, there's a pretty big spoiler coming up right after this. The season came out in January, which means that fans of season one have probably already watched season two, 
those of you who haven't yet seen season two, consider this your spoiler warning. All right. Now back to the conversation. You know, you will go on because you, you won Pittsburgh as well as the whole thing. So mm. wait, wait, can we say you won the whole thing? Yeah, it's been long enough, right? Everybody knows, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, uh, for, for, the, for the six people who haven't watched the whole season, I'm sorry. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, your lawyer will be in touch. Uh, you know, you're going to get to come to the U.S. on the back of this. Mm. I don't know if they're happening at the same time, right? Because you, you, you've got a couple things going on here. Yeah, I don't um, think anyone knows yet really exactly when it's going to be. I mean, we're trying to, you know, it's just so difficult to plan anything. And we've got so much to plan, you know, but it's just, it's impossible, really. You know, we're, we're trying to do it this year uh, mm. in the autumn, hopefully. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, who knows? That's what I'd hope for. And yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be mental. Because, I, you know, I've never been to the States at all, let alone to, to work, you know, and to go straight from being here to being in like Corning and places like Pittsburgh. It's just, you know, you can't get any better than that. Right. Right. And, and it doesn't seem that it's been wasted on you. It seems like you are genuinely happy and excited and grateful for the opportunity. Oh, yeah, which is no, really it's terrific. Made, I mean, I'm, I'm terrified about it, really. And are you really? Yeah, because I, I you know, neither of them are, are very long. Um, and you know, it's just, it's so hard because someone says to you, Oh, come to this place to do what you're doing. It's like the best place in the world to come and do it, come for a short amount of time. And then you have to think about what you're going to do there. You know, it's like to make it worthwhile, to make it, um, worth them giving me the chance to do it. I've got to make, or I've got to be the best I can be, <laughs> you know? Sure. And uh, and I have that time in which to be the best I can be, and it's a lot to ask. It's it's more to ask really than it than it is to follow a brief and you know have like a six hour session being filmed. It, it's 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 more important and it's harder than than that really. So yeah, I'm scared about it, but I'm I'm looking forward to it in a way that I haven't looked forward to anything. You know. You you like being watched. I like being watched. Yeah, I do. You know, I think the fact that you can go into an auditorium like that and 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 do it in front of that many people and have that level of engagement that that bit i i love you know i miss that being in our studio where it's like closed doors you know um yeah and that's the other reason why i'm not in a massive rush to to be there next month because no one will be there it'll all be right yeah it's still all closed down i just i can't i can't do it when it's i can't have it be like that you know, I really need people to be there and to be able to make the most of it and do that sort an of engagement and interaction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Would you prefer to do both gigs at the same time on the same trip or would you prefer to come on two yeah. different occasions? They asked me that, um, that, well, I had my meeting with, with, um, uh, the calling people the other day and they said, oh, we've, we've reached out to Pittsburgh and, you know, we're thinking about maybe trying to organize them together. And I just said, look, I can't, I, I couldn't mentally cope with that. It's got to be separate for me. <laughs> you right, know, right, need, right, right. I'll need to treat them as two different things, um, you know, and really focus on each one individually. And if they're both like one after the other, it's going to be, you know, one of them is going to suffer because of like how drained I'll be after it. Sure, sure. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to to doing something different in both, you know, in both places. I'm, I'm excited for you. Uh, and I'm excited to see what happens to the work on the back of it. 
what happens where where you each go on the back of seeing all of this other work and talking to all of these people and seeing the history, especially at Corning, seeing that history of what's come before you. That that's it. I mean, you know, that there's there's nowhere you know, that museum, you know, a museum here for glass is, well, first of all, there isn't one at the minute because it's all in storage and has been for the past, like, five, five, six years. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like, we've got, Interesting. Uh, we've got a great collection, but, but the other, the other side of it is Corning is like the center for contemporary glass. Mm-hmm. You know, their museum has contemporary work in from like the start of the studio glass movement to the present. And it's like, all of this work I'll know of, you know, and I'll know of the artist, but I've never seen any of it in the flesh. You know, the closest I've got to seeing something like that is, um, you know, the Chihuly piece that's sitting in the V and A, and I must have seen that about, you know, four hundred times now. <laughs> so, right, you know, right. see, Sir, please step away from the piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, so to be able to see all these other like amazing contemporary artists and stuff working in the material is going to be mind blowing. I think I'm going to feel very small. <laughs> right, 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 right. Do you think it will be a different type of influence seeing contemporary glass in the flesh versus sort of seeing it in books or online or or seeing older examples and sort of experiencing the history of glass? Do you think it will affect you differently? Yeah, without a doubt. You know, all of these things are made um, or created to be seen. You know, none Mm -hmm. of them expect to be viewed like thousands of miles away on a little computer screen. That's not what you know, you don't get any of the impact. I mean, the fact that you still get some of it is is a miracle and just shows how good the works must be, you know? So yeah. Yeah. You have to see it. You have to experience like a piece of sculpture or a piece of work in the flesh, really. That's what it's, that's what it's for. And will you be uh, doing, uh, I don't know what the, this consists of. Are you doing workshops or are you taking classes? Are you, are you doing both? How how will you spend the time there once you get to Corning? You know, I'll, I'll be making. I'll be in mm-hmm. the studio with the team and with Beth, so we'll both be there. Yes, love it. Yeah, I've asked if you can come. Yeah, you're welcome. To come. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't have gone without you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> ridiculous thing. Yeah, come so- home to an empty apartment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll be we'll be making. That's the thing, you know. It's it's about what what I want to do there. So oh, really? So it's it's completely sort of free form. Yeah, do what you yeah. want. Here here are the materials and supplies. Here are the materials. Here's the team, like one of the best teams in the world. Here's the kit, the best kit. You know, just go do something special. Wow. So, yeah, it's exciting, but that's why it's scary. You see. Oh my gosh! It, now that you say it, yeah, it sounds terrifying. Yeah. Don't go. <laughs> tell them you've changed your mind yeah i need to get over this well i am thinking about it constantly that's the thing but mm. i can't think about it too you know i need to let it form yeah yeah, yeah. actually yeah. i know exactly what i'm doing oh, i'm just yeah. not going to tell you <laughs> oh i see how it is yeah <laughs> You won't let me practice it yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't wait. I, I am. I mean, we, we were big fans of the, of the first one. We're big fans of this of, of this one. Adrian has um, my wife uh, is, is she finds like vintage, like uh, swung vases oh. uh, at estate sales. And, and I don't know, we've got I don't know how many she's bought over the past couple of years, but a lot. 
um, and and we would now like to sort of up our game and 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 now sort of add actual pieces like contemporary pieces into the mix mm. and so it's exciting to see um shows like this embrace this medium that not a lot of people know about yeah and the way it's it's shot i mean you know respect to the production team because they make it look really sexy the way oh, it's yeah, shot. no it was fantastic you know they the 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 edit and the the camera team were just you know that they, they knew they knew what you were doing as well that was the thing it's like they really understood what was happening and so they could capture the right the right moments but they'd also like this was this was said by mike um the 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 director mike mike bickerton that they were they would ask us you know when would be the best time to film this you know what are you making when's when's like the key moments and they'd ask us and that's why you know, they got some of the more sort of unusual shots as well because, they, you know, they were open to mm -hmm. when we thought they should be, you know, around. And, and, and what, a, what a treat that they were willing to to kind of play with you on that and, and play with camera angles and play with verticality of the camera angles, not just yeah. shooting across the shot, but, you know, shooting up at you or shooting down on you and, and, and letting those perspectives kind of change how we experience what you're doing as a viewer. Yeah, yeah, that was the thing. They weren't scared of getting right in there. You know, there were so many times where I thought, like, I'm literally just about to cut off a lump of molten glass and there's a, there's a camera with, like, these uh, sort of glare shields, which are like, it's like a bin or a bucket sitting right down where I'm going to cut this bit of glass oh. off into, you know, and they dodged just at the last yeah. minute when these things were like <laughs> flying at them. They were so fearless. Yeah. I liked it when you said they had a, like a rucksack and the camera was over the top of the head. So yeah. 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 All the cameras were on like cranes on the, uh, on the people who were doing the filming and they were massive cameras and they'd just be pegging it around the studio. As soon as like a shower or a little smashing noise, they'd be pegging it with these cameras, jumping over the cane, weaving in around people who were taking gathers, absolutely fearless, you know? Yeah. Well, it, and it, and it worked. I mean, I, I think it was, you know, again, something that, that we don't know a lot about as, from a process perspective as viewers, they did a terrific job into uh, kind of letting us into that world as as best as they could for for a television show i think yeah yeah and that was like the aim you know that was always put across to us as the aim it's like it wasn't about you know it wasn't about making us competitive or getting in our way or causing us aggro or making us stressed it was all about showing you know the the beauty of the material and the process and stuff so yeah it was great 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 um attitude towards the whole thing really did you watch the whole thing back? Have you been able to watch it all back or do you not like to, well, to, we, to sort of taint the experience? Yeah, we watched it all in one sitting. Did you really? Oh my God. Yeah. yeah we, well, it was against my better judgment because we were setting up for um, my my show at, at uh, Messam's Gallery in Wiltshire. We'd driven down there with work that we'd been making for a whole year, well, over a year. Wow. It was the evening we were doing the setup the next day and I really didn't want to watch it because I couldn't cope with any more mental input. But we did watch it in the end all in one sitting. And it was, yeah. I mean, it's a good thing that you can binge it all in one go, but it was quite like, it was quite a test. <laughs> did seeing it before your own show opening, like the day before, how did it affect how you saw that work, if at all? Um, it didn't affect, but I mean, I'd been, we'd both been like sitting with that work 
and making it for a year. So, you know, it was just great to see it out of the out of the studio, really. I mean, there right, were two separate right. things, you know, that that show and the show, it wasn't connected um, for me in any way because they'd been done sort of in separate periods of time, you know what I mean? It's like we weren't making the work for that show thinking this will be the show for right. the way because I'd been, we'd been planning it for about two years, you know. So it wasn't really connected for me mentally. It was just the strain of having to do these two separate things all in one go. Like so much was happening on that weekend. It was just bonkers, really. And are you able to even see a way forward to a new body of work? Or are you so buried with with interest and orders and and that you can't even concentrate on it right now? Well, I can I can always see the next thing. You know, it's like I've I've. I just I just need the time to actually experiment and and figure out the the practicalities of it. I mean, the ideas come so easily to both of us, really. They're constant, but actually physically figuring out, like I said before, you you know, you have to forget the idea after a while, and then just right. figure out how you're physically gonna um, gonna create what you need to create, you know. And that's the bit that I'm gonna struggle with actually getting the time to do that. But we'll. You know, we're working madly to finish everything. <laughs> right, right, right. Do you each keep notebooks of ideas or or do you have to sort of, are your sketches in glass as well? Like, can can you do drawings and, and things or do you just have to try it and see if it's going to work? Uh, you, you, a bit of both. I mean, I don't know. You, you sort of have weirdest system for sketchbooks, don't you? Um, mine's from photography. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I in landscapes and like urban culture and graffiti. So I take colors. I take a color palette from nature. Yeah. And uh, the direction, directional arrangement of the landscape, and sort of copy that with the way I swipe the glass across across the mm. vessel. But you're all, mm. you're always sketching in glass as well. I mean, it's like I I have like sketchbooks with all the with all the ideas and you know a lot of it's written as well because you never like at the start especially it's written because you 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 don't know whether it's physically possible so a lot of the time you do have to tailor the finished work um to what the material will actually allow you to do and what your skills will allow you to do but yeah you have to plan i'd say it doesn't necessarily have to be a a drawing but you have to do a hell of a lot of planning before you start a piece you know, right. of us definitely plan a lot. <laughs> what What do you find the wall that you hit first is? A limitation of the materials or a limitation of your own skill? Uh, well, the material is limitless, but the skill is where you, <laughs> where you, <laughs> because, you know, it's just like, like every time you do something new, you feel like a beginner in a right. lot of ways. Because, right, right, right. You know, you, you have to convince it and you have to know how to, how to convince it to do what you want to do and that takes time to really you know each piece will take time to build that rapport and to figure out what the glass wants to do sure yeah i mean that's something that beth said earlier that the glass has a mind of its own it does what it wants to do completely completely, sometimes like i'm scared to pursue my idea in glass i've been sitting on an idea for about two years yeah (laughs) and the fear of actually making it and it not being what i'm wanting in my head yeah that i've not even started yeah you get like a fear before yeah you go for something new yeah 
do you think it will see the light of day, Beth? Oh, yeah. Well, well I'm just, just <laughs> yeah, well, I'm planning on doing it. it it's like a multimedia some, thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I've, I've, um, I guess I've forced myself into doing it by finding a someone to, because I, I don't know how to explain it, because it is multimedia, so I've got somebody to make the metal work. Yeah, so you're working with Richard. someone. Yeah, so if, I, if I've commissioned him to do something and then I've paid for it, it means that I've started it off, so I've got to follow through. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, once once it's real, once money changes hands, I think it's an unwritten rule that you have to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds. I mean, you know, again, I am so grateful for the time, and and it, I couldn't be happier that that the work that you make is seeing the light of day in such a big way, and that so many people have been interested in it and and reaching out to you, and and man, it's just it's great to see because, you know, I think a lot of artists really love the idea of making a living from their work and making a living from their craft and from their efforts. But man, it's a slog. It's a lot of work. It's not just the making of the work. It's, it's the cultivating of an audience and it's the, it's the admin and it's the going the back and forth and it's deciding how much to charge and where to show it and how to show it. And, and it sounds like you guys are working so well at each sort of finding a way to contribute and to serve each other and the work. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot, you know, a lot of people have the wrong idea about about artists and and you know, you you might not be the most academically smart person in the world if you choose to be an artist, but you've got to be so savvy in so many different ways to make it actually work because in the end it's like you're not doing anything you know, this is a big argument, obviously, about the value of, of art. But in the end, it's like it's not a necessary thing for for anyone, really, in a way. And, and well, I don't know. It, well, it's That's more, isn't it, though? Well, I mean, yeah, that it? is the argument. That is the argument. Do you really the, feel the, way, that? the way I see <laughs> it is that it's it's necessary to me to do it, you know, but and, and I have to I'm so grateful that I'm able to do it. Do you know what I mean? And sure. to actually make it work, you've got to figure out, you've got to know exactly how to make it work and figure that out and be smart enough to make it happen. Because in the end, you're serving your, yourself, really, in a lot of ways. It's like, I'm only doing this because it's what I need to do, you know, and I'm relying on the fact that I can, that other people will accept that and will support me through it. <laughs> you know? it's, right, right, right. It's weird. But you just, you just said something and it was just a single word. It's, you didn't say it was something you want to do. You said it was something that you need to do. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a big distinction, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it feels very selfish. It really does. You know, it feels dead selfish to be. It's because you're enjoying it so much. Well, not always, you know. <laughs> but at the minute, it's a blast, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd, like how dare you enjoy your job? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. If you if you were if you were supposed to enjoy it, they wouldn't call it work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it is it is hard, you know. It's it's a hard thing to it's a, it's a it's a hard thing to choose to do and then to make it work is is even harder really, you know. But what's the other side of it? I mean, if 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 it's true, I mean if if what you're saying is true and I take you at your word that this is something that you need to do, then without it, you become lost, don't you? Yeah, you you know, you get lost in it as well. Um, you never feel like completely sort of secure in any sense of the way with it. You know, it's something that 
you always feel that could be stripped from you. I think that's like a big fear for me. That's one day I won't be able to do it. And you would, you'd lose so much. Well, I'd, I'd lose so much of my identity and, you know, the way I think about the world if I if I wasn't able to do this anymore so that's why it's a necessity yeah it's a necessity for me mm, you know yeah, and I, and I, yeah. and I you know I know obviously you know I know the value that art has but especially in in the UK you know it's difficult to, to see it because like I mean from like a like a, a an auth, like a government point of view it's like the arts especially recently the arts is like the last thing on everybody's list and it sort of beats you down and wears you down uh, over over a long period of time knowing how little your um chosen life and chosen occupation is 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 valued by like the establishment in a lot of ways you know art education in the UK is absolutely abysmal unless you have the money to be able to you know send your kid to like a specialist school and then go to like one of the few universities that are actually doing good jobs anymore you know it's like it's the elite thing and to come from it from like a non-elite point of view it's 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 not something you're encouraged to do at all really you know because yeah it's just not so I, i hear you i hear you but but may i offer something else on on the back of that i mean something we talked about uh, last time we talked, one of the things that you're doing is you are offering things that aren't $50,000 or millions of dollars or hundreds of, you're, you're allowing people a point of entry into something beautiful that was crafted by hand from you. And they get to experience that joy of having this, this thing, this, this, this beautiful sort of object that may not exist for any other reason other than someone to look at it. Mm. And, yeah, and it, that's always like that's important, I think. Yeah, it is, you know, and it's it's always like the best thing when when you have someone who's who says that to you, who actually has has something that you've that you've made and you've you know, we're doing everything in the minute, you know, we're marketing the work, we're talking to well, best talking to the to the clients. I'm sitting there and packing every single piece myself with like love and attention. And, oh, it's funny because somebody uh, message me saying oh your team did a great job yeah your team did a fantastic job packing it's like no i did it i did it it with love i i made made sure it was all perfect and like put it to this box and then like shed a tear when it went off so yeah (laughs) right 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 it is it is lovely that people you know that's the thing but that do you know what that is the thing that i have never seen and never experienced before because because I only work through galleries, you know, and the mm-hmm. galleries, they have the clients, they deal with the clients. You're, you're not encouraged really to like know too much about the clients because they're the gallery's clients. And so I never had that input from the people who had bought my work. Very rarely, I've had a few people who've got in touch with me, um, who've bought something from a gallery in touch with me directly and said, you know, wanted to speak to me. And so it's such a new thing for me to experience having that direct contact or, you know, filtered through Beth, but it couldn't be sure. direct than that, really, you know. <laughs> and, and it sounds like you, you're OK with it. It sounds like you like that uh, nice. more right. personal contact. It's so nice, you know. And, yeah. and it's and yeah, a lot of people have said, oh, I'm sure you're not managing your Instagram account anymore. So you might not read this. And then I respond to them. I'm trying to respond to everyone. And then we have like a little chat, a little back and forth. 
And, you know, even though we're like mega busy, that is the nicest bit, having that mm. interaction with people who are connecting with your work, because that's the most important thing. You know, people have to connect with the work and want to purchase it. And they're basically, you know, these people are, are, are how we're, we're living, you know, and it's like we couldn't be more grateful to them, really, exactly. you know. And I love to hear when people have connected with the work, you know, it's great. It's great. It couldn't it couldn't be nicer. If you'd like to see some of Elliot and Bethany's fantastic work, visit their gallery at blowfishglassart.com. You can also follow Elliot on Instagram at eWalkerGlassArt. That's E-W-A-L-K-E-R Glass Art. And you can follow Bethany at Beth Jade Wood. That's B-E-T-H-J-A-D-E-W-O-O-D. Subscribe to Process Driven wherever you listen to podcasts. Or subscribe to Jeffrey Sidoris Everything to get every episode of every show that I produce in a single feed. You can connect with me on my website at jeffreysadoris.com. That's J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S. Or on Twitter and Instagram at Jeffrey Sidoris. If you've got questions or feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email at talkback at jeffreysadoris.com. I'll be back in a week or so with another conversation, and I hope you'll join me. Until then, as always, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for your time, and I'll talk to you on the next one. Mm-hmm.